It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. How long till the food shelves empty out? Far sooner than almost any dare to imagine. Crops, fisheries, and food production are all collapsing around the world. First headline from last week, UN warns of, quote, looming hunger catastrophe, end quote. The UN says it's all due to the Russian blockade. Question, is that statement even remotely close to the truth? Short answer, no. About the core causes of not only unfolding famine that will rapidly accelerate, but also the looming collapse of industrialized, militarized societies all over the world, the UN report blaming it all on Russia is far less than a half-truth. The bottom line is biosphere collapse, which is fueling total desperation on the part of power structures around the globe. Desperation that may soon include a nuclear exchange, but for reasons that most are not yet aware of. I'll get to that. First, this. Last week, an extremely near-term existential threat was finally acknowledged by numerous mainstream sources. A day later, Google did their best to sweep it all under the rug. Geoengineeringwatch.org has been trying to sound the alarm about this specific threat for nearly a decade and a half. Earth's collapsing ozone layer is a near-term existential threat that's becoming all but impossible to hide. First headline from last week. This one from ScienceDaily.com. Discovery reveals large year-round hole over tropics. New ozone hole is much larger than the Antarctic ozone hole. Next headline, same subject from last week from the UK Independent. Quote, huge unexpected ozone hole discovered over the tropics. The area of depleted ozone, they say, is seven times larger than the hole over Antarctica and could affect 50% of the global population. As dire as these headlines sounds, the truth is far worse still. I'll get to that. Next headline example again from last week. From the nationalnews.com, new analysis indicates surprise hole in ozone layer above tropics. Here's another, also from last week. This one from Newsweek, their tech and science section. Scientists find ozone hole in tropics much bigger than in Antarctica. From that report, again from Newsweek, the hole in the ozone layer is seven times bigger than the one over the Antarctic continent and has been discovered sitting over the tropics. It is estimated it has been there for over 30 years. It was found that the hole was present year-round and has been there again since the 1980s, sitting over areas that make up half the world's surface area and house half the population of the globe. They continue, the depletion of the ozone layer can lead to higher levels of UV radiation reaching the Earth's surface, which can increase the risk of skin cancer and cataracts in humans, as well as weaken immune systems and devastate farming. There is no can, there is no could, there is no may, there is no might. It's an absolute certainty that the depletion, diminishment, and ultimate collapse of the ozone layer will wreak havoc on every living thing on this planet. It's an existential, immediate threat. And yet we have the so-called science community, although I'm grateful they disclosed part of the threat, not all of it by any means, 
but they're pulling their punches on everything they say because they know it will lead to massive repercussions from power structures that want desperately to hide this information from the public until the last possible moment. To say the depletion of the ozone layer could, may, might lead to all these bad things is like saying if you pour gas in yourself and light yourself on fire, you could, may, might get burned. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. The climate science community and science communities in many arenas need to find their honor, their morality, and their virtue, and tell the truth while there's still anything left to salvage. This Newsweek report continues. As with the polar ozone hole, roughly 80% of the normal ozone value is found to be depleted at the center of the tropical ozone hole. They then state this, preliminary reports showed ozone depletion levels over equatorial regions are already endangering large populations and the linked UV radiation reaching these regions is far bigger than expected, according to scientists. Geoengineeringwatch.org has known and trying to sound the alarm on this for almost a decade and a half. Can you honestly tell me, can anyone honestly tell me that the entire global climate science community didn't know this was occurring? No, but they're all paid to keep their mouths shut. That's how the system works. Those who print the money produce the science however they want, pseudoscience, and they lie about everything they possibly can to keep the public in the dark, pacified, pursuing their own personal pleasures until there's nothing left to salvage. Another headline, same theme from last week. I want to drive this point home. From MSN.com, scientists found a massive new hole in the ozone layer that could affect 50% of the population. I already covered that. They say scientists have discovered a massive new hole in the ozone layer. They say the hole wasn't expected to exist again. We knew at geoengineeringwatch.org, we have been publicly sounding the alarm on this for so many years, and the entire global science community just didn't know. But wait, Forbes.com was the first power structure media weapon that jumped into this dire subject only hours after the ozone depletion report surfaced to tell us it isn't so. Here's the Forbes headline. Report of massive new ozone hole threatening billions contains, quote, serious errors. Was there any credible disputing of the data in this Forbes report? No, nothing. They're just telling us it isn't so. And for so many, unfortunately, that's all they need to hear. The only premise on which Forbes based its denial of the breaking ozone hole layer collapse reports was a single individual from the University of Madrid, again, that says it isn't so. Wow, what a relief. Welcome to the Planetary Asylum. You're listening to the weekly bad news broadcast, the Global Alert News Hour, commercial free, non political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. This broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, G E O, the word engineeringwatch.org, and is now aired on numerous AM and FM stations in numerous regions throughout the U.S. We hope to soon add even more stations to the growing list of those airing this broadcast. This is Dane Wigginton, your host of the Bad News Broadcast. Please check the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our YouTube channel versions of this broadcast. We hope you will subscribe to our YouTube channel and help us to circulate this broadcast and our groundbreaking documentary exposing global climate engineering operations titled The Dimming. Available to view for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Please help us to expand our voice and in doing so to help us more effectively sound the alarm. Again, our website, 
geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited source in the world on the subject of covert climate engineering operations. Moving on, as of Thursday of last week, Google had deleted all the new massive ozone hole reports from a search of the ozone hole term, leaving only the Forbes article to do damage control from the former day's leak in the power structure platform's total disinformation control matrix. Pseudoscientists and the institutions they serve have now joined the damage control frenzy, claiming that there's nothing to worry about, claiming that the dire disclosures of the previous day were all just, quote, alarmism. Just a big mistake. Total denial from numerous groups of so-called scientists that couldn't have done even a shred of study in a single day to actually investigate the validity of the massive ozone hole information. Rather, the paid liars from the so-called science community were quick to follow the orders of their paymasters, orders to cover up and deny the previous day's disclosure as aggressively and emphatically as possible, and that's exactly what they did. Platforms of total censorship like Google that did their part to hide and or otherwise delete the critically important reports on Earth's collapsing ozone layer and replace those reports with narratives of official denial. A reminder what Google did to geoengineeringwatch.org about two years ago. Geoengineeringwatch.org, because of our rankings of over 40 million visitors, were the top of the first page of a Google search on the geoengineering subject and overnight... Google deleted us from 20 pages on the geoengineering search term subject. Overnight, gone. And they make it extremely hard to find any geoengineeringwatch.org link through their search engine. What else are the controllers trying so desperately to hide by censoring the ozone layer collapse reports? They are trying to hide the climate engineering reality from populations, i.e. ongoing and increasing weather warfare. It's essential to remember and consider Climate engineering operations and all that they involve, the spraying of the atmosphere with ozone layer destroying particles and the microwaving of the atmosphere to manipulate these particles along with creation of atmospheric pressure zones, all of this, when considered together, are the single greatest ozone layer destroying combination that the human race has inflicted on the planet. Search the ozone destruction section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to view our warnings going back many years about climate engineering destroying the ozone layer. Again, the ozone destruction section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Earth's increasingly damaged atmosphere is extremely evident by the ever-increasing intensity of the sun on our skin and on surfaces. And for decades, the constantly escalating UV radiation has been burning the bark off of the sun-exposed sides of many tree species, scorching leaves and foliage, killing insects, killing plankton, killing us. For the record, no functional ozone layer, no food, no people. We're not only metering extraordinarily high levels of UVB on the surface now, we're getting very high levels of UVC, that's a DNA damaging spectrum of UV radiation that's not being disclosed from any official source, and we have recently begun to detect trace readings of x-ray. That's indicative of an ozone layer that's on the near-term cusp of collapse, functional collapse. As I've stated countless times on this broadcast and for a decade and a half at geoengineeringwatch.org, biosphere collapse is the bottom line that is fueling the insanity on every front. Earth's 
collapsing life support systems have beat the controllers to the intersection. And now those in power are more desperate and dangerous than ever before. Thus, their warp speed fanaticism. And we said at geoengineeringwatch.org that this day would come when biosphere collapse could no longer be hidden. Those in power would be more dangerous and desperate than ever, and indeed they are. What policy does the power structure push in regard to those that dare to try to tell the truth? The kill the messenger policy. While populations are programmed to parrot the, quote, conspiracy theory mindless mantra, the final fallback of the factless and the fearful, the conspiracy theory mantra of clueless cowards that seem only to care about preserving their personal paradigm till the last possible moment at any cost to anyone, including their own posterity. But in spite of the controller tentacles being used to try and censor the critical confirmation of ozone layer collapse, the breach in the dam of official denial will now be all but impossible to plug. Question how long till the critical mass of the population wakes up and realizes the party's over. And at that moment, panic will ensue. About the ozone layer collapse reports, i.e. the break in the dam of denial. More bad news. The following report was published on Thursday by Science.org. Quote, record ozone hole may open up over the Arctic in the spring. Yet again, there's no could, there's no may, there's no might. It's already there. And it's not just over the equatorial regions and the polar regions. It's in the mid-latitudes as well. We're metering it. We have a former NASA contract engineer that works directly for geoengineeringwatch.org. We have posted our readings and dialogues with him, again, under the ozone destruction category at geoengineeringwatch.org. Please view this Learn about it because it is an extremely near-term existential threat. And when I say near-term, I don't mean centuries. I don't mean decades. I mean by mid-this decade. That's how near it is. We have a functional ozone layer collapse. Game over. And we are perilously close to that now. And what are the powers that be doing in response to the now badly damaged atmosphere and collapsing ecosystems around the world? They're doing exactly what we should expect them to do. Full throttle with the loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until nothing is left policy. On that theme, this new headline, condemning everyone alive, outrage at U.S. Supreme Court climate ruling that undermines EPA enforcement, covered part of this last week, but again, this is a total gutting of anything the EPA actually did, which is almost nothing. The EPA's job is not to disclose threats to the public, it's to hide them. Keep that in mind. That's what official agencies do. They know who's paying them. They're not going to bite the hand that feeds them, i.e. those who print the money. And how about this variation of the headline I just read? Condemning everyone alive by continuing the ongoing climate intervention insanity that is wreaking havoc with weather all over the world and further fueling ozone layer collapse and the planetary meltdown. Or this, condemning everyone alive by pushing for and facilitating a nuclear exchange. Is that in the wings? Could this be a last-ditch, desperate act of the controllers to slow planetary meltdown by creating a nuclear winter scenario? Are the controllers desperate enough to start firing nukes? Does that question even deserve an answer? After 2,400 nuclear detonations on the planet, two of them on cities full of innocent civilians... And people wave their flags and think that's patriotic with a war that was already won. The United States government dropped two nuclear bombs on innocent cities full of civilians, 100,000 in each case, slaughtering them needlessly. 
And that's freedom and democracy. Of course the controllers are desperate enough to trigger a nuclear exchange. Now that they have climate engineered the planet over the edge of the abyss, with all that in mind, consider this new headline from the UK Daily Mail from last week. Quote, what would happen if Russia launched a nuclear war? Let's always they're responsible for everything, aren't they? They're the ones that start everything. That's what the powers that be in the Western countries would have us believe. Not condoning Russia or what they're doing. Not at all. But let's look at what our country has done. Invading, destabilizing, and or occupying nearly 100 countries in as many years. All to spread, quote, freedom and democracy. Right. From this UK Daily Mail report, pointing the finger at Russia for starting the coming nuclear war. They say, science study shows firestorms from the nuclear exchange would block out the sun and trigger, quote, a little ice age, end quote, resulting in crop failure and ocean famine. The report then states, firestorms would release smoke into the upper atmosphere and block out the sun. Sound like geoengineering and solar radiation management? Climate intervention operations and the engineered wildfires they create are already being used to create this effect. Please search this title online and view this most important geoengineering watch.org report. Wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. The nuclear exchange and the setting the template for the epic wildfires that are burning around the globe are both being utilized by the climate engineers to mimic what they still believe are the long-term cooling effects of volcanic eruptions by filling the atmosphere with light-scattering particles. And we now know, as of about six weeks ago, and geoengineeringwatch.org covered this with a report titled, Is It Game Over? Now with the latest science study, the most extensive of its type, we now know that this process of filling the atmosphere with particulates only creates very short-term cooling at the cost of a far worse overall warming, Destruction of the ozone layer, already been over that, and total disruption of the global hydrological cycle, and that's not to mention complete contamination of the biosphere, from the clouds to the ground. All of it happening now. More from this report. In the first month, average global temperatures on Earth would plunge by almost 13 degrees Fahrenheit, and they say this. That is more than during the most recent ice age, which ended 11,700 years ago. Let's put this all into perspective. Any nuclear exchange will finish us all off. Earth's life-sustaining atmosphere is already badly damaged. Along with the rest of Earth's life support systems, any nuclear exchange, again, will be the end of the road. Starting with total ozone layer destruction, what's left of it, and that's not much. The same result will ensue if climate engineering is allowed to continue. Again, this question. Are those in power insane enough to choose the nuclear option as a last-ditch effort to cool a planet that is in a runaway climate collapse? Short answer, of course they are. More on the unfolding collapse of the planet's life support systems from last week. Noctilucent clouds outburst strongest in many years. Noctilucent clouds being seen as far south as Washington State and Oregon. The report states a sharp spike in the frequency of noctilucent clouds was detected at the end of June 2022. For the record, the so-called climate science community would have us believe that the sky is full of noctilucent clouds is a perfectly normal scenario. It's not. This rapidly increasing phenomenon is anything but natural and can have numerous underlying factors, some known, 
somewhere still unraveling as the military-industrial complex continues to experiment on the atmosphere with no consideration of the consequences. Atmospheric methane buildup is a factor. The relentless microwaving of the atmosphere is a factor. Ozone layer collapse is a factor. It's not a this or that equation. Again, there are many complexities. On the same theme from the New York Times and other sources, derecho brings green sky and tornado-like winds to South Dakota. Same theme from thehill.com. South Dakota skies turn green amid severe thunderstorm. Report says the strange phenomenon came right before the area was hit by a derecho. How much climate engineering grid pattern spring do you think was going on above that cloud cover? Only the U.S. military and God could answer that question. Knock to loosen clouds, green skies, and the countless other variations of completely unnatural phenomenon taking place above us that are all in one form or another tainted with the total insanity of man playing God with the planet's life support systems. We, all of us, are on a runaway train of near-term self-annihilation. And through it all, how many are only focused on their next near-term personal pursuit of pleasure? Like taking a holiday flight into the green skies or the noctilucent clouds. On that note, the coming collapse of the air travel industry. From that report, this excerpt. Food production and the carbon fuel industries are not the only ones on the globalist chopping blocks. Not really that simple, is it? You could stop all forms of human activity today, including climate engineering. We are going to hit the wall. You can't turn off this kind of inertia. You can't undo the damage done to the planet. If we look at the most parallel former mass extinction, the Petam event from 55 million years ago, the equilibrium period after this event was about 10 to 20 million years. And what's happening now is happening literally hundreds of times faster and thus is hundreds of times worse. The formerly thriving planet we've known is gone. It's not coming back in any time frame that matters. What we are fighting for now is to preserve any part of the planet's remaining life support systems. On that note, this headline report from last week. An epiphany of total genius from the so-called climate science community. Quote, study indicates link between climate fluctuations and mass extinction. Wow, who could have ever imagined that? That's like needing a science study to connect catastrophic injury and leaping from a 100-story building. Sadly, so much of this so-called science community has completely betrayed the human race in the entire web of life. Let's plow through more new headlines of unfolding collapse. Same simpleton conclusions from the so-called science community. Here's the headline, extreme heat and drought will permanently scar California and its social fabric. The report states recurring drought and rising temperatures have already begun to alter the landscape of California and the American Southwest, researchers warn. Do we need them to tell us that? When we're driving past mountains that are scorched, burnt to a crisp, empty lakes, dying farm fields, we need them to tell us that it's starting to change things? Will the same so-called scientists admit to the climate engineering elephant of the sky that is so corely responsible for the incineration of California. Search engineered drought catastrophe target California from geoengineeringwatch.org from nearly a decade ago. Everything we said in that presentation has happened. It is more accurate today than it was then. We knew. Can't tell me they didn't know. 
But so many so-called scientists in so many arenas will do and say whatever they're told to do and say to preserve their paycheck, their pension, and their personal paradigm. What a dismal state in humanity. California once supplied the majority of many staple crops for America and the world. No more. And about the fun in the Sun City of Las Vegas, it's about to implode as Lake Mead turns into a mud hole. If you want to know what you're not being told about this unfolding catastrophe, view the just-posted six-minute video report on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. For those just tuning in, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast. This is installment number 361, July 9th, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations, known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Texas, Alabama. Florida, Denver, Washington State, Oregon, the Northeast, Sacramento, San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Cruz, Phoenix, Las Vegas, and we're adding more stations all the time. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. In regard to sounding the alarm, please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share the dimming documentary is by circulating the direct link by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. Final footnote, you can find Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials on our homepage. Our only goal is to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There are very high quality printed materials and just added climate engineering conversation starters, our new geoengineeringwatch.org shirts, scannable business cards, and bumper stickers. All effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Doing so is the first and most important step toward getting the as-of-yet uninformed to look up. Again, a reminder on the just-posted expose on the death of Lake Mead, the coming collapse of Las Vegas, and the climate engineering connection. Check the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. Here's a legal update on geoengineeringwatch.org's legal effort to hold the single scientist responsible for triggering Facebook's censorship of the dimming documentary and all geoengineeringwatch.org data or lawsuit against this single scientist, Dr. Douglas McMartin from Cornell University in New York, is ongoing. But what has happened is the so-called legal system has decided to cancel our court hearing date and sent us a memo stating that they will take it into consideration themselves and get back to us someday. The point of a legal system is to be heard in a court of law. We are appealing this decision, and we are not waiting for someday for the legal system in California to get back to us. More details to come. If you want to read the entire 30-page legal complaint against this individual, please do so. It's available on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. More headlines. Climate intervention operations continue to crush crop production around the world. From ABC Australia last week, New South Wales wheat and canola farmers face 50% yield loss after record rainfall. Again, farmers in the state's central west have been unable to plant 50% of their crops.
from record drought, record incineration, and now record deluge. Welcome to Climate Engineering. Another headline last week, same theme. Outlook bleak for Australian farmers as rain continues. This headline states, entire soybean crops across the Northern Rivers region of Australia have been wiped out. Entire crops. Think about that. Let's rewind to March of this year from ABC Australia. Northern New South Wales farmers face total crop losses after widespread flooding. Over and over and over, it's happening. The climate engineers control the spigot. Don't forget that. They can cut the rain off or they can augment it. Climate engineering does both. This is not to say that we wouldn't have droughts and floods with the collapsing climate system because of countless forms of human activity. What it is to say is this. When you have global climate intervention operations fully deployed with global cooperation from all major powers and other countries either actively or passively supporting, that means the system is so derailed that no weather can at this point be considered natural. None. When you interfere with the system, you derail the entire system. And in fact, these programs are global in scope and scale. They're inconceivably massive. They dwarf the Manhattan Project. This is a climate engineering Manhattan Project that is exponentially larger than what most dare to comprehend. Same theme, next headline from last week. Multiple sources, climate models may underestimate future flooding. How many times have I had to cover this type of headline? Oops, it's way worse than we thought. Same theme, UK Guardian, also last week. Methane, much more sensitive to global heating than previously thought, according to a new study. From that report, greenhouse gas has undergone rapid acceleration, and scientists say it may be due to atmospheric changes. Question, how big a part in that equation does climate engineering play? Report then states methane is four times more sensitive to global warming than previously thought. A new study shows that's really bad when you consider this. The growth of this greenhouse gas, which they say over a 20-year time span is more than 80 times as potent than carbon dioxide. Let's stop there because, as I've stated so many times on this broadcast, methane over a 10-year time horizon is 120 times more potent than CO2. Over a 9-month to 12-month time horizon, it can be close to 1,000 times more potent. Those are the time frames we're dealing with. And let's clarify something on the record. We're not talking about livestock flatulence. We're talking about the thawing and releasing of formerly frozen methane deposits in tundra on the seabed. Massive methane deposits that are now migrating into the atmosphere, covering the planet like a layer of glass. And climate engineering is making all of it far worse, not better. And now let's say the disintegrating ozone layer we talked about earlier. From every conceivable direction, climate engineering is pounding the nails into our collective coffins. About cutting off moisture from the UK Express, this. London in crisis. 25 million people, quote, perilously close to running out of drinking water. Just one example. Again, these examples are all over the planet. Next headline, same theme. Drought and triple-digit temperatures result in disaster for farmers. This year being described as one of the worst growing seasons in the last decade for Texas farmers as the weather has kept temperatures well above the precise temperature for optimal corn growth. Corn growth is maximized at 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Once the temperature exceeds that threshold, the growth rate is reduced. For the record, photosynthesis completely stops at 104 degrees. It tapers down radically to that point. And we also have VPD, vapor pressure deficit. When climate engineers fill the sky with desiccant particles which reduce atmospheric relative humidity and also these same particles light scattering particles over the ocean which 
reduce evaporation, all of it, again, reducing atmospheric relative humidity. When there's not enough humidity, given the outside temperatures, vapor pressure deficit is a condition in which organisms, plants, trees, shut their stomata, their respiratory ports. They don't breathe. They don't absorb carbon. They don't release oxygen. They don't grow. It's not being addressed by anybody that I know of except geoengineeringwatch.org. We need the climate science community to find their courage to stand up and start telling the truth while there's still anything left to salvage. Crops are continuing to be crushed. Climate engineering, the single greatest factor in that equation. Not denying all of the sources of human damage to the planet. I say it over and over so there's no misunderstanding. And still people misquote me. We've been horrible stewards of the planet, period. But climate engineering, the most destructive form of human activity of all. Next headline, same theme. Hottest weather of the year on tap for Vegas, Dallas, and Oklahoma City. Listen to this. A large dome of hot air responsible for many days of extreme temperatures will expand westward from the southern plains to much of the western United States. AccuWeather meteorologists say, they then say the same heat dome has also been contributing to the lack of rain changes in the region. Another form of climate engineering. Ground-based radio frequency microwave transmitters like HARP in Alaska that can transmit Millions of watts of power into the ionosphere, causing an electrical chain reaction, heating it, expanding it. That's the formation of an atmospheric heat dome, which now we see everywhere. We see it mentioned everywhere. We didn't see this decades ago, but we see it now as if it's always been there and it hasn't. They can establish a heat dome anywhere they want. Doing so not only fries whatever is below, but for example, in the northern hemisphere, a high-pressure heat dome rotates clockwise. The upper level winds rotate clockwise around this spinning pressure zone and that diverts moisture around that same region and it comes down elsewhere in a deluge. They control the spigot. Remember that. From Reuters, from Italy, Italy's drought hit farmers face seawater threat. Twofold problem there. Cutting off the moisture to these portions of Italy, drying up the rivers, drying up the farm fields, and the oceans are rising, period. Land is also subsiding from many cases, pumping groundwater out of it. Everything humans do to interfere with the natural systems goes badly. On that theme, from New Scientist last week, can we beat climate change by geoengineering the oceans, chemically altering the seas through iron fertilization or Alkalinity enhancement could be our best hope to suck vast amounts of carbon out of the atmosphere. But questions remain on whether it's worth the risk. Too late. It's already been done. That's part of climate engineering operations to spray over oceans as part of solar radiation management and ocean iron fertilization to force the oceans to suck up even more CO2, which they've been doing. Now they're acidifying. Now the oceans are converting to what's known as Canfield Ocean, a superheated, deoxygenated, lifeless dead zone. That's what's happening. And we have the so-called climate science community saying we could, may, might have to do this and it could, may, might turn out okay. Too late. It didn't turn out okay. Let's add this to the equation from counterpunch.org. And I've communicated with the author of this article, who still won't address climate engineering, by the way. U.S. Marine Press takes on hothouse earth. That term is self-explanatory. The report states the world's militaries, intelligence agencies, foreign affairs strategies and think tanks are unwittingly advancing the hyperthreat, which is an acceleration of climate and environmental change, leading to hothouse earth. This startling information is explained 
in detail in an eye-opening analysis in which hyperthreat is the primary subject dealt with in this study published in the Journal of Advanced Military Studies. A key finding of the landmark report, which applies war theory and military strategy to the dynamics of climate and ecological crises, states that activities of military and intelligent agencies are, quote, accelerating the likelihood of triggering a worst-case hothouse Earth scenario that would make the planet unlivable for most species. The study argues that various agencies of governments have become the biggest danger to planetary security, in effect, working to accelerate the hyper-threat of climate and environmental change. And this author isn't even considering the climate engineering factor in the equation. Let's press on, same theme. From the military publication, DefenseOne.com. This, from last week, climate change isn't a threat multiplier, it's the main threat. This newly published report then states, over the next six months, the defense community should champion and help plan a whole of society, quote, hyper response, end quote. The report then asks, is there a way to reorient the defense sector to enable and support a whole of society effort to protect our planet's ability to support life as we know it? They then state, defense forces the world over are ambling toward lower emission technologies, preparing for more natural disasters and debating the near-term consequences of degrading global security environment. These debates miss the main point that we are moving toward a, quote, shift to a climate inhospitable for most forms of life, end quote, that will bring ecological collapse, violence, hardship, and death on an unimaginable scale. I recommend searching and reviewing this entire report from DefenseOne.com titled Climate Change Isn't a Threat Multiplier, It's the Main Threat. I'll stop there with this question. Is it even remotely rational to deny the ongoing and shockingly visible climate intervention operations in our skies? Of course, governments around the globe are neck deep in this insanity. But wait, Biden will fix it all with more drilling. From the Washington Post, Biden opens door to more offshore drilling despite earlier climate vow. From that report, President Biden's administration opened the door to more offshore oil and gas drilling in federal waters for the next five years, setting a potential course for future U.S. carbon fuel extraction. The next five years, it'll be nothing short of a miracle if the current paradigm lasts one year. The party's over and it's not coming back. Speaking of which, more results of what we've already done to the planet. Alaska's June of 22, 2022, set to go down as one of the driest Ever. Let's add this from the UK Daily Mail and many other sources. Baked Alaska, 225 wildfires sparked by the state's 35,000 lightning bolts this year have scorched over 2.4 million acres and counting. Let's put this into context. Single greatest wildfire contributing factor climate engineering by affecting the hydrological cycle, by the toxic elements in the rain, contaminating soils and waters. These elements cause root systems in trees and other organisms to stop nutrient uptake. They start to die from the bottom up, kill soil microbiome. Again, cutting off the hydrological cycle, i.e. the rain. Ionizing the atmosphere, making it more electrically conductive. These are electrically conductive particles, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, graphene. More electrically conductive particles in the air, more dry lightning Period. From every conceivable direction, climate engineering is connected to the wildfire insanity. Please search the Engineering Wildfires section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. 
And as to the why climate engineering would try to facilitate more intense burning fires and how it connects to climate engineering, please search wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. More from this report, this amount of acreage, 2.4 million acres, is double what an entire fire season in Alaska typically sees, and that's even higher than what the long-term historical average was. We're being lied to on every conceivable front, right down to the official high temperatures day and night being radically underreported. Nighttime temperatures now rising twice as fast as daytime highs. Why? Because the heat is being trapped in Earth's atmosphere, not just from methane, not just from CO2, but also from climate engineering, trapping more heat than it deflects. From CNN, this recent report, as California's big cities fail to rein in their water use, rural communities are already tapped out. Wells going dry up and down the state and around the world. Also from CNN, who tells the truth only when they can't hide it any longer, California drought could cut states' hydropower in half this summer. It's already radically reduced. We have Lake Shasta and Lake Orville down at about less than 30% of their capacity right now, and summer is just beginning. This report states, the severe drought in California threatens to significantly undermine the state's ability to generate hydroelectric power, raising costs for families and driving up planet warming emissions according to a federal government forecast. Not hard to predict any of this, is it? And there's no threaten to. That sounds like could, may, might. It's a given. It's already happening. For the record, about 12 years ago, I spoke to the California State Energy Commission top scientists and the commission itself. The reason this meeting took place was because the Energy Commission recognized California was losing 20 to 40 percent of its rainfall from particulates of unknown origin. This is from the state that supposedly tests everything coming from everywhere. At that meeting, the Energy Commission voted for and approved the purchase of a nearly quarter million dollar spectrometer from Scripps Institute to determine the chemical composition and origin of these particulates. I gave geoengineering information to all of them, scientists and the commission members. This meter, this quarter million dollar meter, was never seen from again after that meeting. And that's what happens over and over. If any fire of awareness starts to burn, it is systematically stomped out by those who print the money. And that can only happen when you have a so-called governmental system that is stocked with individuals who seem to only care about their paychecks and pensions and will do whatever they're told to preserve them. As I've stated numerous times, I met with Gavin Newsom and his top aide at the Capitol in Sacramento, presented climate engineering data that they could not dispute. They've done exactly nothing but continue to help hide the issue. That's their job. From NPR earlier this year, study finds Western mega drought is the worst in 1,200 years. Consider this is exactly what I told Gavin Newsom would happen so many years ago. Exactly what geoengineeringwatch.org has stated on the record for a decade and a half would happen. It is happening. It's only being acknowledged because it can no longer be hidden. Geoengineeringwatch.org placed our first full-page Northern California newspaper ad warning about what was coming. We did this in 2008. Where are we now? The climate engineers have yet again set the stage for epic Western North American wildfires, and they have begun. This headline from last week, Electra Blaze spreads through 
Almador County. From that report, experts warned much of the U.S. has become a, quote, tinderbox with drought and climate change blamed for making wildfires both more likely to occur and more likely to be serious when they do. Again, complete omission of the climate engineering issue, which is core to this equation. This report continues, with almost the entire state of California and the majority of the southwest U.S. in severe drought conditions or worse, the condition is certainly ripe for a bad wildfire season, setting the stage for more epic burns, wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. Final statement from this report, Fire Authority Chief Brian Finnessy lamented, quote, we used to talk about fire seasons. We now call them fire years. My daughter Minga is part of the state of California's firefighting effort. She's currently stationed on the Electra Blaze. And now this from the other side of the world, new from the UK Guardian, Spain and Portugal suffering driest climate for 1,200 years, research shows. What an incredible coincidence, isn't it? The west coast of both continents suffering exactly the same fate. For the record, the statistical odds of this exact parallel scenario occurring without climate engineering making it happen are zero. From the Spain-Portugal drought report, consider this quote. Effects of human-caused global heating are blocking vital winter rains with severe implications for farming. No, this is not the truth. Climate intervention operations are the key core factor that is blocking rain and crushing crops. Again, there must be more overall rain on a rapidly warming world. The laws of physics make this clear. When there isn't, there is a massive factor we're not being told about. That factor is climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare. Next headline, also last week, heat, drought, and wildfires Torrid spell torments Portugal. Now let's add this, new from Reuters. Rising heat drives crippling sandstorms across the Middle East. More crops and populations being crushed. How many people even now cling to the technology will save us programmed mindset? It couldn't be further from the truth. How's that going so far? Is technology saving us? What about electric vehicles? Will they save us from ourselves? Not so much. How many electric vehicles are being charged with coal-fired power plants? Or worse, so-called biomass electrical generation plants. I'll get to that in a moment, the biomass plants. First about the EV charging. There's some EV charging stations that have a diesel generator right next to them to supply the power. We live in an asylum. One photo of such a paradox is circulating online with this caption. States, quote, Just pretend you don't see the massive diesel generator in the background as you charge up your electric car and pretend you're saving the world. And about biomass plants being pushed as a, quote, renewable energy source, consider the following excerpt from a report pushing biomass as, quote, renewable energy. From the conclusion part of that report, Quote, biomass has great promise as a sustainable energy source. They say it's renewable, carbon neutral, and can generate electricity, heat homes and businesses, and power transportation. With proper management, they say it can provide a reliable and clean source of power with minimal impact on the environment. What a pack of lies that are pushed and propagated by so-called environmental organizations that seem to care only about preserving their nonprofit status and who, as I have stated many times, will never admit to the climate modification 
insanity. So-called biomass electrical generation stations are cutting down forests and burning them to generate electricity that then those who think they're environmentalists are charging their EV vehicles with for much more on the non-renewable factors of so-called renewable energy. View the documentary Planet of the Humans available for free online. Are alternative forms of energy better than burning carbon-based fuels? Yes, absolutely. But so far, the alternative forms of energy that have been made available are not truly renewable. Not at all. And finally, for the record, even if there was some magical form of endless, truly renewable energy, would that stop the human race from the path of near-term self-extermination that we're currently on? Given all that we know about the human race and its behavior, the short answer is no. Our species seems determined to loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until nothing is left. This mindset must change or we're all doomed. Not somewhere out on the horizon, but in the unimaginably near term. But as long as we can keep purchasing and driving those new cars that we can buy with nothing down, no interest, and no payments for six months, what could be wrong? How can we keep fueling those cars, though? New from the UK Guardian, this headline from last week, why are we feeding crops to our cars when people are starving? Question mark. They say, Modern biofuels are touted as a boon for the climate, but used on a large scale, they are no more sustainable than whale oil. Exactly true. Look at photos of sprawling and inconceivably massive megacities. How can anyone actually believe such constructs are in any way sustainable? Yes, the human race already having crashed through the guardrail, hurling through the air to the bottom of the abyss, and even now the controllers are hitting the accelerator. And unfortunately, huge segments of the population are gleeful about it. The price of a gallon of gas seems their only concern. How many of this demographic has taken the time to look up at our skies and contemplate the military-industrial complex insanity occurring there, aka climate intervention operations, which are day by day, Pounding the final nails into our collective coffins. Next headline, same theme. CDC, Centers for Disease Control, warns public to avoid the toxic algae blooming in warming waters. And waters are warming all over the globe, seeing this algae almost everywhere. Cyanobacteria produces toxins that can harm the internal organs of humans and wildlife. Symptoms of exposure include headache, pain, dizziness, vomiting, and diarrhea. Nearly every state is impacted by the toxic blooms which threaten wildlife, vital economic resources, and public health, according to the U.S. National Office of Harmful Algae Blooms. Researchers now say global warming is making algae blooms worse in certain regions of the world. And let's add climate engineering, toxifying rainfall and surface waters, killing beneficial microbiome in soils and waters, and further fueling this scenario, not to mention destroying the ozone layer, which is causing massive thermal energy buildup on the surface from so many directions, climate engineering, again, sucking the noose around our collective necks. A footnote on the unfolding planetary meltdown being further fueled by climate intervention operations. Please take the time to view Chasing Ice, available online for free, and decide for yourself what's actually occurring in the polar regions. Believe what you can see with your own eyes. 
Back to climate engineering, we know that polymer fibers are part of the climate engineering mix. The patents say so, so do lab tests. And these polymers are showing up all over the world, from the top of Mount Everest to the bottom of the Marianas Trench. What else might be attached to these fibers? Is biological warfare being conducted? You decide, but consider this while doing so. This headline from last week, microplastics health risk discovered in hitchhiking viruses. From that report, microplastics are swiftly occupied by bacteria and viruses which have long been hypothesized to last longer and travel further than free-floating organisms. The latest paper is the first formal quantification of human pathogens residing on microplastics. The discovery could have far-reaching implications for human health worldwide, with harmful viruses and bacteria being able to travel across oceans without human carriers. The study emphasizes the potential for plastic pollution to act as a novel pathway for viral dissemination and persistence in the environment. But that's not the whole story. Not even close. No mention of the polymer fibers used in climate engineering operations that are based on extrapolations from rain tests dumping tens of millions of tons of these particles into our atmosphere annually. Think about that. I'm almost out of time for this broadcast, but consider this question. How deep does the power structure insanity go? Is there any limit? The answer would seem to be no. From the UK Guardian and other sources, CERN, the particle collider, gears up for more discoveries 10 years after the, quote, God particle was found. The report states, with the Higgs boson already in the bag, the Large Hadron Collider begins another period of data collection. Question, what are the true objectives of this potential weapon of mass destruction? The true objectives of the particle collider, given the undeniable malevolence of those in power. Most may not want to know. I hear from many who ask me, what can we do to get our lives back to, quote, normal? My reply, the paradigm that was is exactly what delivered us to this dark place to begin with. What was is gone. It's not coming back, as I've stated over and over. We must accept that. We can accept it well or poorly, but accept that we must. It was never sustainable, not even close. The loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute paradigm of endless consumption and the delusion of perpetual expansion on a finite world with finite resources was always a near-term death sentence. Now, man's attempt to manipulate the planet's remaining life support systems with climate intervention operations may be the final nails in our collective coffins. And in addition to climate engineering elements, what else are the controllers planning? Like perhaps a nuclear exchange. What else are they dispersing in our skies? Is it too late? Are our collective futures carved in stone? How can anyone know with absolute certainty? The only thing any of us can truly call our own is our will. If we choose to exercise this greatest gift with courage, with honor, with virtue, with benevolence, no matter what we face, we must certainly be on the right course. No matter how the drama ends, if we reach a critical mass of individuals that have summoned the courage to face the gathering storm head on, we may yet accomplish profound good even at this late hour. The effort to reach such a critical mass will take all of us.
This battle before us can only be fought with an army of the awakened. Raising such an army is the first and most critical leap we can make in the right direction. Sharing credible data from a credible source is key. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details on how you can help to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Time is not on our side. Until next week, stay strong. Fortify your determination. Never give up, ever. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.